Daniel chapter 7 In the first year of the reign of Belshazzar over Babylon, Daniel had a dream, and visions passed through his mind as he lay on his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is the summary of his account. Daniel declared, In my vision in the night I looked, and suddenly the four winds of heaven were churning up the great sea. Then four great beasts came up out of the sea, each one different from the others. The first beast was like a lion, and it had wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted up from the ground, and made to stand on two feet like a man, and given the mind of a man. Suddenly another beast appeared, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. So it was told, Get up and gorge yourself on flesh. Next, as I watched, another beast appeared. It was like a leopard, and on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After this, as I watched in my vision in the night, suddenly a fourth beast appeared. And it was terrifying, dreadful and extremely strong, with large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed, then it trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the beasts before it, and it had ten horns. While I was contemplating the horns, suddenly another horn, a little one, came up among them and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like those of a man and a mouth that spoke words of arrogance. As I continued to watch, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from his presence, Thousands upon thousands attended him, and myriads upon myriads stood before him. The court was convened, and the books were opened. Then I kept watching because of the arrogant words the horn was speaking. As I continued to watch, the beast was slain, and its body was destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was removed, but they were granted an extension of life for a season and a time. In my vision in the night I continued to watch, and I saw one, like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence, and he was given dominion, glory, and kingship, that the people of every nation and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit and the visions in my mind alarmed me. I approached one of those who were standing there, and I asked him the true meaning of all this. So he told me the interpretation of these things. These four great beasts are four kings who will arise from the earth, but the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and possess it forever, yes, forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, extremely terrifying devouring and crushing with iron teeth and bronze claws, then trampling underfoot whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and the other horn that came up, before which three of them fell, the horn whose appearance was more imposing than the others, with eyes and with a mouth that spoke words of arrogance. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days arrived and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. 
and the time came for them to possess the kingdom. This is what he said. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on the earth, different from all the other kingdoms, and it will devour the whole earth, trample it down, and crush it. And the ten horns are ten kings who will rise from this kingdom. After them another king, different from the earlier ones, will rise and subdue three kings. He will speak out against the Most High and oppress the saints of the Most High, intending to change the appointed times and laws, and the saints will be given into his hand for a time, and times, and half a time. But the court will convene, and his dominion will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, dominion, and greatness of the kingdoms under all of heaven will be given to the people, the saints of the Most High, his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will serve and obey him. Thus ends the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts troubled me greatly and my face turned pale, but I kept the matter to myself. Chapter 8 In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, subsequent to the one that had appeared to me earlier. And in the vision I saw myself in the citadel of Susa, in the province of Elam, I saw in the vision that I was beside the Uli canal. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw a ram with two horns standing beside the canal. The horns were long, but one was longer than the other, and the longer one grew up later. I saw the ram charging toward the west and the north and the south. No animal could stand against him, and there was no deliverance from his power. He did as he pleased and became great. As I was contemplating all this, suddenly a goat with a prominent horn between his eyes came out of the west, crossing the surface of the entire earth without touching the ground. He came toward the two-horned ram I had seen standing beside the canal and rushed at him with furious power. I saw him approach the ram in a rage against him, and he struck the ram and shattered his two horns. The ram was powerless to stand against him, and the goat threw him to the ground and trampled him and no one could deliver the ram from his power. Thus the goat became very great, but, at the height of his power, his large horn was broken off, and four prominent horns came up in its place, pointing toward the four winds of heaven. From one of these horns a little horn emerged and grew extensively toward the south and the east and toward the beautiful land. It grew as high as the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the earth. And trampled them. It magnified itself even to the prince of the host. It removed his daily sacrifice and overthrew the place of his sanctuary. And in the rebellion, the host and the daily sacrifice were given over to the horn, and it flung truth to the ground and prospered in whatever it did. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him, How long until the fulfillment of the vision of the daily sacrifice? the rebellion that causes desolation, and the surrender of the sanctuary and of the host to be trampled. He said to me, It will take 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary will be properly restored. While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man, and I heard the voice of a man calling between the banks of the Eli. Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. As he came near to where I stood, I was terrified and fell face down. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision concerns the time of the end. 
While he was speaking with me, I fell into a deep sleep, with my face to the ground. Then he touched me, helped me to my feet, and said, Behold, I will make known to you what will happen in the latter time of wrath, because it concerns the appointed time of the end. The two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy goat represents the king of Greece, and the large horn between his eyes is the first king. The four horns that replace the broken one represent four kingdoms that will rise from that nation, but will not have the same power. In the latter part of their reign, when the rebellion has reached its full measure, an insolent king, skilled in intrigue, will come to the throne. His power will be great, but it will not be his own. He will cause terrible destruction and succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the mighty men along with the holy people. Through his craft and by his hand he will cause deceit to prosper, and in his own mind he will make himself great. In a time of peace he will destroy many, and he will even stand against the prince of princes. Yet he will be broken off, but not by human hands. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been spoken is true. Now you must seal up the vision, for it concerns the distant future. I, Daniel, was exhausted and lay ill for days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was confounded by the vision. It was beyond understanding. Chapter 9 In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the kingdom of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the sacred books, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last seventy years. So I turned my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and petition, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of loving devotion to those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have acted wickedly and rebelled. We have turned away from your commandments and ordinances. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, leaders, and fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, and all Israel, near and far, in all the countries to which you have driven us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O Lord, we are covered with shame, our kings, our leaders, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, even though we have rebelled against him, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey your voice. So the oath and the curse written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have carried out the word spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under all of heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquities and giving attention to your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all he does, yet we have not obeyed his voice. 
Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made for yourself a name renowned to this day, we have sinned, we have acted wickedly. O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, I pray that your anger and wrath may turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all around us. So now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, cause your face to shine upon your desolate sanctuary. Incline your ear, O my God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. For we are not presenting our petitions before you because of our righteous acts, but because of your great compassion. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. For your sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking, praying, confessing my sin and that of my people Israel, and presenting my petition before the Lord my God concerning his holy mountain, while I was still praying, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and spoke with me, saying, O Daniel, I have come now to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your petitions, an answer went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are highly precious. So consider the message and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are decreed for your people and your holy city to stop their transgression, to put an end to sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this, from the issuance of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, until the Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of distress. Then after the sixty-two weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and will have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood, and until the end there will be war. Desolations have been decreed. And he will confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of the temple will come the abomination that causes desolation, until the decreed destruction is poured out upon him. Chapter 10 In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, and it concerned a great conflict, and the understanding of the message was given to him in a vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I ate no rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I did not anoint myself with oil until the three weeks were completed. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river of the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of polished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but a great terror fell upon them, and they ran and hid themselves. 
So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. No strength remained in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. I heard the sound of his words, and as I listened, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, you are a man who is highly precious. Consider carefully the words that I am about to say to you. Stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Do not be afraid, Daniel, he said, for from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision concerns those days. While he was speaking these words to me, I set my face toward the ground and became speechless, and suddenly one with the likeness of a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and said to the one standing before me, My Lord, because of the vision, I am overcome with anguish, and I have no strength. How can I, your servant, speak with you, my Lord? Now I have no strength, nor is any breath left in me. Again the one with the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. Do not be afraid, you who are highly precious, he said. Peace be with you. Be strong now. Be very strong. As he spoke with me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. Do you know why I have come to you, he said. I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. Yet no one has the courage to support me against these, except Michael, your prince. Chapter 11 And I, in the first year of Darius the Mede, stood up to strengthen and protect him. Now then, I will tell you the truth. Three more kings will arise in Persia, and then a fourth, who will be far richer than all the others. By the power of his wealth, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king will arise who will rule with great authority and do as he pleases. But as soon as he is established, his kingdom will be broken up and parceled out toward the four winds of heaven. It will not go to his descendants, nor will it have the authority with which he ruled, because his kingdom will be uprooted and given to others. The king of the south will grow strong, but one of his commanders will grow even stronger and will rule his own kingdom with great authority. For some years they will form an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to seal the agreement. But his daughter will not retain her position of power, nor will his strength endure. At that time she will be given up, along with her royal escort and her father, and the one who supported her. But one from her family line will rise up in his place, Come against the army of the king of the north and enter his fortress, fighting and prevailing. He will take even their gods captive to Egypt, with their metal images and their precious vessels of silver and gold. For some years he will stay away from the king of the north, who will invade the realm of the king of the south and then return to his own land. But his sons will stir up strife and assemble a great army, which will advance forcefully, sweeping through like a flood, and will again carry the battle as far as his fortress. In a rage, the king of the south will march out to fight the king of the north, who will raise a large army, 
that it will be delivered into the hand of his enemy. When the army is carried off, the king of the south will be proud in heart and will cast down tens of thousands, but he will not triumph. For the king of the north will raise another army larger than the first, and after some years he will advance with a great army and many supplies. In those times many will rise up against the king of the south. Violent ones among your own people will exalt themselves in fulfillment of the vision, but they will fail. Then the king of the north will come, build up a siege ramp, and capture a fortified city. The forces of the south will not stand. Even their best troops will not be able to resist. The invader will do as he pleases, and no one will stand against him. He will establish himself in the beautiful land with destruction in his hand. He will resolve to come with the strength of his whole kingdom, and will reach an agreement with the king of the south. He will give him a daughter in marriage in order to overthrow the kingdom but his plan will not succeed or help him. Then he will turn his face to the coastlands and capture many of them, but a commander will put an end to his reproach and will turn it back upon him. After this, he will turn back toward the fortresses of his own land, but he will stumble and fall and be no more. In his place, one will arise who will send out a tax collector for the glory of the kingdom, but within a few days he will be destroyed though not in anger or in battle. In his place, a despicable person will arise. Royal honors will not be given to him, but he will come in a time of peace and seize the kingdom by intrigue. Then a flood of forces will be swept away before him and destroyed, along with the prince of the covenant. After an alliance is made with him, he will act deceitfully, for he will rise to power with only a few people. In a time of peace, he will invade the richest provinces and do what his fathers and forefathers never did. He will lavish plunder, loot, and wealth on his followers, and he will plot against the strongholds, but only for a time. And with a large army, he will stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south, who will mobilize a very large and powerful army, but will not withstand the plots devised against them. Those who eat from his provisions will seek to destroy him. His army will be swept away, and many will fall slain. And the two kings, with their hearts bent on evil, will speak lies at the same table, but to no avail, for still the end will come at the appointed time. The king of the north will return to his land with great wealth, but his heart will be set against the holy covenant, so he will do damage and return to his own land. At the appointed time he will invade the south again, but this time will not be like the first. Ships of Ketim will come against him, and he will lose heart. Then he will turn back and rage against the Holy Covenant and do damage. So he will return and show favor to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. His forces will rise up and desecrate the temple fortress. They will abolish the daily sacrifice and set up the abomination of desolation. With flattery he will corrupt those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God will firmly resist him. Those with insight will instruct many, though for a time they will fall by sword or flame, or be captured or plundered. Now when they fall, they will be granted a little help, but many will join them insincerely. Some of the wise will fall, so that they may be refined, purified, and made spotless until the time of the end, for it will still come at the appointed time. Then the king will do as he pleases, and will exalt and magnify himself above every god and he will speak monstrous things against the God of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed, 
for what has been decreed must be accomplished. He will show no regard for the gods of his fathers, nor for the one desired by women, nor for any other god, because he will magnify himself above them all. And in their place he will honor a god of fortresses, a god his fathers did not know, with gold, silver, precious stones, and riches. He will attack the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god, and will greatly honor those who acknowledge him, making them rulers over many and distributing the land for a price. At the time of the end, the king of the south will engage him in battle, but the king of the north will storm out against him with chariots, horsemen, and many ships, invading many countries and sweeping through them like a flood. He will also invade the beautiful land, and many countries will fall. But these will be delivered from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the leaders of the Ammonites. He will extend his power over many countries, and not even the land of Egypt will escape. He will gain control of the treasures of gold and silver, and over all the riches of Egypt, and the Libyans and Cushites will also submit to him. But news from the east and the north will alarm him, and he will go out with great fury to destroy many and devote them to destruction. He will pitch his royal tents between the sea and the beautiful holy mountain, but he will meet his end with no one to help him. Chapter 12 At that time Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people, will rise up. There will be a time of distress, the likes of which will not have occurred from the beginning of nations until that time. But at that time your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. And many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, but others to shame and everlasting contempt. Then the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam to and fro, and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long until the fulfillment of these wonders? And the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, and times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people has finally been shattered, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I ask, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? Go on your way, Daniel, he replied, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless, and refined, but the wicked will continue to act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. And from the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. But as for you, go on your way until the end. You will rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days.